This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate. Then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com and join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another amazing episode of The Vile Files, Bachelor Rep Recap Edition. And uh, boy, do we have a lot to get into. Uh, Greg Grippo is uh, with me in studio in New York. Allie and Amanda are in L.A., and together we are going to give you the best Bachelor Recap of all time. Greg, how are you in life? I'm doing well. Doing well. Great. Um, like I said, excited for this new chapter in my life. I'm pumped. All right. <laughs> Greg's excited for a, a new chapter in his life. We also recorded an intro for Ask Nick episode that will be dropping next week, Monday, and ask Greg how his heart is, what's next for him. And so, you know, tune into that next Monday, this little tease. Uh, before we get into the episode, uh, I just a uh, reminder, the, the Nate episode is out there. Uh, I love that. So many people have enjoyed it. And all the nice things they had to say about the episode, uh, and specifically Nate. Uh, I know a lot of people had asked me for my thoughts on the episode, but I kind of wanted to have things kind of, uh, you know, get out there and play out before I shared any of that. I mean, ultimately, I think the big takeaway for the episode was, you know, I, I think it's just a, a valuable lesson in remembering that you can have two good people who, you know, very much love each other and, and want the best for each other to be in a relationship, and they might not be right for each other. And you could have two good people who very much might be in love, who might even bring out the best in each other. And you can have two good people be in a toxic relationship. I'm just glad for people that they were able to, you know, just hear from Nate. I just know it sounded like he went through a lot, just him personally. And I also think it's just a good reminder to, for, for people that, uh, you know, you can be someone who ultimately ends the relationship and you can still have a broken heart and you can still be really sad and you can still be the one who has to heal. And, you know, we talk a lot about relationships on the show in general, whether it's the Ask Nick or Bachelor Recap or just our Going Deeper episodes. And I think, you know, it's always important to remember that, again, especially if you're the one leaving the relationship, we talk about setting boundaries and protecting our mental health and, and sometimes making the very difficult decision to remove yourself from something that you might really want deep down to work, but it just might not be it. And I think it's important to have empathy for those people. And, like I said, I have a ton of empathy for Nate just because, you know, starting a relationship is challenging in general. And someone like Nate, who was in love for the first time, that can be a very challenging and difficult experience. I mean, being in love for the first time is exciting, but it's also scary, um, you know, because you, you really want it to make it work. But it's your first time and your first time doing anything can be 
you know, difficult and have its challenges. And then when you combine the, you know, aspects of bachelor nation, right. Um, and the pressures that come with it. I know a lot of people, obviously fans of Michelle out there, I think, you know, maybe wanted to hear, um, you know, maybe Nate speak more on like the role he played in the relationship, but I didn't get a sense from Nate, um, at all that he was really blaming anyone for why they broke up. I mean, mostly Nate was answering specific questions that I asked, a lot of which was centered around, um, obviously him breaking up with Michelle and just uh, responding to the things that Michelle had herself put out there. Like, I'm not sure why Michelle, uh, the only thing that got out there was her mentioning, uh, on her show and through her friend, Caitlin on Kayla's show, how she, uh, how she felt blindsided and things like that. Um, but that certainly didn't do anything to kind of um, not play into the narrative that, uh, you know, that narrative that somehow, you know, Nate didn't want it to work as much as Michelle or that he didn't put in the effort or that he was just some sort of fuck boy. And I can really, you know, again, try to put yourself in, in Nate's shoes, being someone who really cared about this relationship and this person and, and trying to constantly or having to hear that about how much you don't care. And I think the, the impression I got from Nate is just... Uh, trying to get that message out of how much this relationship meant to him and how much he cared about Michelle, despite it not working out and, the, and it's challenges that it, it can face. Um, and again, so I'm not sure why Michelle put those things out there, but I'm, I've, I found that Nate was just really responding to that. Um, because in, in all relationships, power dynamics matter and they play a role and, you know, bachelor people are very much aware of their brands and, and how they're perceived by the audience and that has that often plays a role in these relationships and um i think the important thing in all relationships is to you know you have to ultimately work as a team um and at times if you know it's very easy i think for bachelor people in general to you know pay too much attention to what people are saying about you you know whether it's support or criticism and that can bleed into relationships and when that happens ultimately i think things can get pretty ugly fast. And so, you know, at the end of the day, I just hope the best for Michelle and for Nate. And I'm glad, you know, Nate ultimately um, got to express how much he cared about the relationship and her. And um, again, again, I imagine it must be very challenging to have a lot of people, you know, question your character or, or doubt your intentions. And if nothing else, my biggest takeaway is that you had two people, as much as they might have cared for the relationship, maybe just shouldn't be together. And I wish him nothing but the best. But if you haven't listened to it, do yourself a favor, check it out. There's certainly a lot there. And um, any 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 final thoughts on that, on that, ladies? Or did I cover that efficiently? Wonderful. I think that was well said. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's get uh, let's get into the episode. Uh, we start with Rachel. Rachel, this this episode was wild. I was drinking my morning coffee and I was in just shock the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rachel, I mean, it starts with Rachel picking up where she left off, having a confrontation with with Zach at the, the rose ceremony. Um, yeah. What, what do you have to say, Greg, before we before I share what I have to say? Or ladies, feel free to chime in with your your thoughts as well. Well, personally, watching today and just like seeing what I've seen throughout the season, I really feel for Rachel. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And it might be. I don't know. if Is that an unpopular take? right now uh i i i have less empathy for rachel than you do okay. i have empathy for all leads because it really is a challenge but um 
I think yeah. it's a really tough situation for her, and it's hard for me not to feel for her. I mean, she's, one, going throughout the whole entire season, the episodes that I was seeing that she was, like, getting rejected at the rose ceremony. And, I mean, after that being the lead, I'm sure you can just be in your head throughout the rest of the season, like, who's going to leave next? And on top of that, like, probably feeling in the back of her head, like, you know, Gabby's probably having, like, these such strong connections because the guys were saying, like, no, I want Gabby. So... In her head, she's dealing with just like, you know, a lot of uncertainty. So seeing her top three guy just be like. So as a reminder, obviously, like in their fantasy suite, we didn't get to get the meat of the episode uh, of the conversation. But clearly, it'll be said last week that Rachel was, um, you know, the next morning she seemed like things have changed. And obviously, you we, we heard that conversation about like age was mentioned about how Zach might not be ready for marriage. Right. And so the impression was obviously that. It seemed like Rachel was coming up with excuses of why she wanted to end the relationship with Zach rather than like maybe her feelings had just changed or she liked someone more. But instead of just like letting that happen where it's just like, you know, sometimes, again, when you break up with someone, you're going to hurt someone's feelings and you just have to be willing to be the bad guy in that moment, even Mm -hmm. temporary. And it seemed like Rachel was unwilling to ever be the bad guy and as a result of not wanting to be the bad guy is coming across like the bad guy who's who seems to be like blaming someone else for something they can't control. And then obviously, like, you know, Zach seemed to to want to address that. But also maybe to consider, like, not to play devil's advocate, but, like, to think about kind of the thing that Zach, the refrain he kept having about the night was he was like, she wasn't being herself. She wasn't being the bachelorette. So I also think there's a chance that maybe, like, in the way that that conversation was initiated, Rachel was maybe trying to and it wasn't going well. And then she felt very, like, trapped and kind of, like, reverted to platitudes and saying stuff that was kind of like vague and meant to like just like appease Mm -hmm. him in the moment and that's why he was then like oh this was the most inauthentic conversation totally Mm -hmm. yeah totally um and so obviously you have zach pull rachel aside and seem to further address that um i did not love her response for someone who has like been saying that he was one of her top picks felt like she cut that cord really quickly i was i was a little thrown off by that as well like i I guess I don't know everything that was shown being, you know, one of those people that has been in the final three. But it seemed like very it seemed very fast just to like go right to the rose ceremony and be like, okay, yeah, that's like that's it. In my head, I was like, okay, well, we knew it wasn't Zach then. Like I -hmm. I just felt like it was for certain in my head. As soon as like she got back to the rose ceremony, I was like, oh, shit. Like, is she going to like there's two roses there. Is she going to like just say, well, I just want Tino for next week. I, I didn't know. If Ave, if it was going to be Avon or Zach, I think I was like thrown off by that. Yeah, and I think that it was shown then that like she clearly was sending Zach. Home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think what um, was weird for me is when she came back into the rose ceremony and she was, you know, describing what happened to Tino and Avon, and she said that Zach questioned her character. Like yeah. that was the summary of kind of what she gave them. Kind and of. I was yeah, like, not I, cool we didn't her. see him question your character. I don't think. Uh, well, I mean, you know, he, he said, I didn't feel like you were being real with me. I don't think that's really an attack on someone's character. I mean, I think that's a, that's a criticism of a situation. I feel like in reality TV world, there's like a few different tiers and it's like, I felt disrespected. I felt like my integrity was questioned. I felt like my character, like, you know, there's like these kind of like specific tiers that we use for like feeling offended or feeling like people are not picking up what we're putting down. So I just to feel me, like yeah. the phrase, like he quite like questioning my character that would go along with like, if he had pulled her aside and been like, 
a, a Luke P situation where he's talking about her sleeping with other people like that to mm. me would be like a questioning of character. And I felt like he was bringing up just specifically their relationship and the doubts he was having. It felt a little icky to me only because, you know, again, having lived it, it's very easy to realize you often forget that you're on a TV show like you do sometimes and you don't. Right. And in this moment, when when Rachel went from having her conversation with Zach to um, talking to Tino and Avon, it felt to me like she forgot it was a TV show in the sense that, you know, she went from this conversation with Zach, which was ultimately like Zach trying to like stand his ground and get clarity. And and Rachel this kind of nodding. Yes. To her biggest reaction was after Zach was like, I'm going to go home. She seemed a bit tiffed that she wasn't going to be able to send him home. Almost that Zach was sending himself home. Like, that's the thing she reacted to the most. Like, she looked off to the side. You could tell she was, like, looking for her producer, being like, oh, wait, is this guy leaving me? And, like, she seemed annoyed by that, even though it was clear, to your point, Greg, that she was going to send him home. And then she goes back in the room, and instead of just, like, saying, you know, you know, ultimately it decided that Zach and I weren't the right match, she, like, tried to tell... Tino and Avon, like she tried to throw Zach under the bus, you know, and to me, it kind of reeked of like you could you could almost saw what Rachel was doing, not realizing that we were going to see this conversation between her and Zach, that that Tino and Avon were going to be able to see this conversation between her and Zach. And at no time, at least from what we were shown, was was like this was a guy who was just trying to like have a, a very respectful conversation with someone he wasn't on the same page with like and then to your point Allie, that's definitely not like questioning someone's character it's just being like hey it just didn't feel real it just didn't feel like i was getting an honest answer maybe there's a reason for it can you explain it to me like maybe maybe there's like something i'm not seeing and and but like she clearly you can tell and i think this theme of this episode with rachel is like listen we've all joked that we think she's going to pick tino right we've all joked from like the time Tino got on a limo that she's going to pick Tino. We've When she's with Tino, we see the embraces, we see the comfort level, we see the intangibles that we haven't seen with some of these other guys. And yes, it's tough to be the lead. I have a ton of empathy. Unfortunately, part of your job is to lead people on, and that sucks. But you have to kind of, you, you don't get to try to uh, win every breakup. You know, you don't get to try to be the good guy in every breakup. And if you're the one who has to break hearts, you don't get to try to make them feel like it was their fault. And I think there was a lot of that this episode with Rachel, both with Zach and Avon trying to like spin it as if it was like the reason she's ending in the relationship is because something they're doing wrong, as opposed to maybe it's just like A, realizing that there's a lack of compatibility or B, maybe you're forcing an issue that like doesn't, doesn't need or shouldn't be forced. And so, yeah, that, that to me was kind of the overall theme and we'll get into the details, but like with the Zach, I, I definitely did not like that she tried to throw him under the bus. The NFL's opening week was action packed and it's just getting started. Woo, baby, I'm excited. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Whew, I know I do. Get that action. Let's uh, get that money flow and everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. And if your team leads by 10 at any point in the game, any point, it doesn't matter if they lose by 500, 
As long as they're up by 10 at some point, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. That's right. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code VIALL to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code VIALL only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. It's bread time. I love bread. Wild grain. Tell me more. See, this is dangerous because I haven't eaten yet today and thinking about wild grain sourdough bread is really just like, mmm. And they have pasta and it just all stays frozen. And there's nothing simpler than just like boiling some water, taking the fettuccine that's been in my freezer, throwing it in the boiling water, putting a loaf in the oven, and then suddenly it goes from frozen to a perfect meal. You also take like their frozen loaves out of the freezer and then you put them in the oven and it's like, voila, you're in Paris again. It smells like freshly baked bread. Yeah. You it's feel... a little crunchy. Oh, it's, it's a little so lanky. Should we just it's... go eat some bread? <laughs> we wrap it up. Wild Grain is the first bake from Frozen Box for artisanal bread. Plus, they have amazing rolls, pastries, and even their handmade pastas. I love a good croissant, and the croissants are fire. Plus, for every new member, Wild Grains donates six meals to the Greater Boston Food Bank. They've donated over 120,000 meals so far. Clean ingredients, such as unbleached and non-GMO flour, they utilize a slow sourdough fermentation process that's healthier for you and tastes better than anything you've ever had in a grocery store. I'll be vulnerable for a second. One time, um, I was at home, and I was hungry. And I had baked the sourdough loaf like a day or two before. And it, it's a big loaf. So it, it was just sitting on my counter. And I was just hungry. So I opened it up and I just started gnawing on it from the loaf itself. Like I was just taking bites out of it. Nothing wrong with that. I didn't cut it. I didn't put anything on it. I, I just was eating it yeah. by itself. <laughs> when bread's good, bread is good. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Are you hungry already? Well, for a limited time, you can get $30 off your first box plus free croissants in every box. Would you go to wildgrain.com slash V-I-A-L-L to start your subscription? You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain, W-I-L-D-G-R-A-I-N.com slash V-I-A-L-L. That's wildgrain.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Or you can use the promo code VIAL at checkout. I just feel like we got to give her, like, it's hard for me after the way I left and, like, the shit show that happened. Like, Zach, Zach, the way he ended things, the way he went about it, like, he did it so maturely, and it was night and day between what happened on my season and with them. But I just think, like, given, like, the leads and, like, like for instance, like, I didn't know, I had no idea, like, Michael A. left before I did and what Katie was going through. And for, like, Zach, it's, I feel like we got to give Rachel some grace because of how much her guard's probably up and how much she's trying to protect her heart and how much, like, people have just been, like, Kind of just like bashing it, you know, week by week. You know, I'm out, I'm out. I know I'm going to go to Gabby. And it's probably like, has any bachelorette like gone through something like this before? So I feel like it, it, this has been just like the toughest road for this girl. Yeah, no, you're you're being very gracious. And like, listen, I do think it's incredibly tough to be the lead. Unless, and yes, Gabby and Rachel have definitely been put through it. I couldn't imagine standing next to a guy and like having... Them just be like, yeah. I'm going to this guy, I'm going to this guy, I'm going to this guy. And it's, like, just, it's just one of those things, too. And I think some like, there's some resonance from, even from like the Nate and Michelle breakup of it all, too. It's just like my biggest thing, too, on this show. And I know you have uh, we, we want to be fans of people. We want to root for our people. 
But I think, you know, we have to make sure we're, we're being fair in our criticism both ways. Right. And, and last episode, you still had Rachel bringing up Clayton. You still had Rachel mm. and Gabby throwing Clayton, on, uh, Clayton under the bus yeah. for his decisions as The Bachelor. Right. And they're, they're on the, the doorsteps of Fantasy Suite Week when they're bringing this up. And I guess my, I guess my, my criticism of Rachel has less to do with her decisions in, in these situations gotcha. and more to do with the fact that like she seems to have a hard time still having empathy for Clayton but she's making a lot of the same mistakes. So it's like, if you're going to criticize the guy, then like, I'm surprised she doesn't have more empathy for Clayton now. And therefore like empathy for herself because of how, what she's going through. And she, she's so willing to like, still want to play the victim when it comes to Clayton, but Mm -hmm. also wants to remain above the fray as the bachelorette. And to me, that's where the, the warts stand out a little bit. That being said, I don't like, it's very difficult what she's going through. Right. And I think every lead goes through it and kind of recognizes, you know, they could have done it better. Absolutely. And that's the thing too, about all these things we talk about and like some where the bachelor can get frustrating too. And again, reverting, reverting back to like the Nate and Michelle episode. It's just like, you can be fans of people and have your favorite person. Like there's not a single person listening to this podcast. There's not a single person in this room or Allie and Amanda. Like we, we can be good people and have to apologize for situations and relationships. We can, we've all been manipulative before. We've all been a little toxic. We've all had to say, listen, that was out of character for me. I'm sorry. Right. And sometimes when we watch the show, we want to put people in a box and have them just be good or bad. You know, if we see them make one bad mistake, et cetera, et cetera. I, you know, we don't know any of these people. Absolutely. And I'm sure, you know, Rachel and Avon and Zach, you know, like these are t- difficult situations to, 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 uh, to, to come across. I'd love to see Rachel have a little bit more empathy, even for Clayton as it relates to herself. And I'm curious if, 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 if we, I'm curious if we'll hear Rachel recognize that as time goes on, if she is, she gets to reflect back on this experience between what happened with her and what she is uh, going through with with her guys on the season. I felt like this episode, a lot of it, both with Gabby and Rachel, like a lot of the drama centered around engagement and whether or not that would or wouldn't happen. I'm curious, like, one, does this feel like a more recent era of the show where engagement is more of a question as opposed to the expectation? And two, do you think this is a situation where potentially bachelorettes feel less powerful than a bachelor might feel as like the person who is expected to propose. Yeah. Yes and no. It's interesting. And I was actually thinking about this this morning. I know I've mentioned this on the show, but I distinctly remember uh, being like my fantasy suite with Andy, right? Way back when. And it was uh, at some point in the fantasy. And I remember saying, listen, I have no doubts about my feelings towards you and, and how excited I'm about this relationship. But like, and th- again, keep in mind, this is me pun- like still not really n- knowing exactly what, <laughs> what I was in or mm-hmm. what's going on. I just remember saying to you, her, I am down to just like date you. Like, you know, like I was saying, I- I'm fine with however this goes, especially if it doesn't end in engagement. I-, I thought I was like reassuring her and I'll never forget her look she gave me, which was like absolutely disgust. <laughs> And it was like, and she said, I'll never forget it. She's like, I don't want to be the first bachelorette who's not proposed to. Now, has there been since then a bachelorette who left not engaged? I don't. Not that, that I happened? can think of. I don't believe there has. I could be missing it. But certainly at that time there wasn't. 
and then Caitlin, obviously, and then Rachel, Jojo. I'm trying to think of Becca. Yeah, Aisha. I don't think there's well Claire, I guess, but <laughs> she was Claire got engaged. Claire left with uh, a ring. Got yeah. Wait. Yeah. What? I forgot Hello? about that. I forgot about that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Claire yeah. feels like a distant memory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess everyone. So knows. If there, if there is, yeah. But the but the point of bringing it up is clearly there is that pressure. I think it's an applied pressure. Uh, maybe it's a societal pressure, right? But to your point, Amanda, I do think the Bachelorettes feel that pressure. I think it plays a role into their decision. I just don't think we've listen, seen this before where like really majority of the top six, three on each side, have all expressed a fear of engagement. Yeah, I, I, I think there's definitely a theme. Also, like I, maybe it's a coincidence or maybe it's not. But like the fact that these guys, the fact that you have two bachelorettes, these guys have had less time. There's just more other stuff going on. You know, they've, and that matters. You know, they, these guys are feeling less connected um, to these relationships that, you know, every day does matter. And mm -hmm. so the difference between, like, for example, it might've been cut out, but it might, I don't think it was. Avon's last date was just like Rachel going to Avon's hotel room to have this conversation. In my in my day, like you had the day portion and the night portion, right? I had a day portion with Caitlin and Andy for that that last chance date, and they had the night portion, and Avon just had the night portion. And I think a lot of these dates have been like cut in half because of production schedules, because of limited time, and you can still make a TV show of it because at the end of the day, you're still only sharing a certain percentage of the dates. But in terms of real time. These guys' time, I think, is getting like cut in half. And it was already nuts, right? And so I know this show, obviously, is about engagement, as they say. And there's always like these memes about like, oh, you know what you signed up for? And like, do you know what show this is? But like, these are human beings, like being asked to make incredible life choices. And I like, for example, like Avon, you know, like, and if, if Avon, like, I thought he was so um, well-spoken and communicated so well to Rachel in this in a moment of conflict. And I thought he made a ton of sense. Um, you know, when she, I, I mean, it was really, I was really impressed by Avon. But like, it, to me, you could pretty much tell that once things went well with Tino and, and Rachel's parents, to me, you knew exactly what Rachel was going to do. She had some, like solidified her decision is once she got the blessing from Tino's parents, like that was the last thing she needed. And she was going there to break up with Avon, right? Do you think so? Yes, you don't? <laughs> I don't know. I I felt like she wanted to like hear what he had to say. I don't know. I the the way she was reacting is she seemed like very heartbroken. I uh I thought it was an incredible performance <laughs> by Rachel. I think I think she faked the whole thing. What do you think she had wanted to hear from Avon? Like, what do you think Avon could have said that would have spoken to her areas of hurt and concern? I felt like, you know, whenever like a talk happens like that, there there's a goal with one of these talks. Like, I don't think that they were just meeting just to meet. Um, so in my head, I felt like it was she was waiting for like a last, you know, kind of effort from him to like say like, no, like I've had time to like think about it. Like. I think that maybe in the back of her mind or heart, she was hoping that he had changed his mind and like had time to sit on it for a little bit. And I think, I don't know, to me, when I was just watching it, I was like, you know what? She really, really seems into him. Like she's saying like, you know, if it was like this was in the real world, there would be no doubt. Um, 
but he kept it, it, saying, it was, like, it, my feelings haven't changed. Like, I'm so yeah. confused. Like, am I? And she I heard wrapped up as, their last conversation saying, this isn't a, uh, going on a bad note. Everything's good. Like, da, 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 da. That's how she wrapped up their conversation after so, meeting her family. So is it then just strictly about the engagement rather than the best person for you? I don't. That's what she made just, it seem like. Now suddenly she's saying it's not ending on a bad note. She sees him the next day and it's like, I was blindsided by how you left the conversation. You walked him to the car. Her friends kind of set her up, obviously. Right. Like her friends made it seem like you can always tell like which which people watch the show in terms of your family and friends and which people don't. And clearly Rachel's friends watch the show. Like you can tell like they were like getting into character about like, I'm going to ask you the tough questions and like we don't want to freak you out. But like you could tell that Rachel Rachel's friends were definitely like Bachelor fans who have been watching this show and were like, all right, here, it's our time to like you know, check in and, and be the, 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 the protective friend. And so, yeah, they definitely set up Rachel to like feel like maybe Avon wasn't being upfront with her. Am I the only one who totally understood what Avon was saying? I, I get both sides. Personally, yeah. But go ahead. No, no. I really felt I like I understood what Avon was saying. I think it because of the way that Rachel initially received it, it was like in the context of I am with my friends and family like I think I'm showing up being like look at this hot she she thinks he's so hot she talks about that all the time she's so proud that she has this man who loves her after feeling rejected throughout this journey and then to like sit down and be told oh he's not actually going to engage to you like or he's not maybe certain on that I think the embarrassment of that meant yeah. that she could never really process the other things like that mm -hmm. he was saying because she was just so like shaken by that experience of feeling kind of like embarrassed and rejected in that micro way, even though that's not his intention. I think that's kind of been Rachel's biggest problem. It's just like I have empathy for like the challenges she has faced. I've empathy for feeling embarrassed at times or feeling rejected. I, I get all that. Like these are normal human feelings that we've all would react to. But she has like, as we all do, like we have to start reacting to disappointment and rejection, these things in a way that doesn't like hurt ourselves. Right. Or like doesn't like that makes a bad situation worse. Right. And so, yeah, I, I like she want, yeah, right. She felt embarrassed from her friends and family and let that snowball into something bigger or. To me, I what I heard from Avon was, yeah, when I said I was ready to get engaged, like I am ready, like as as a man at however old he is, he's ready to get engaged. That's why he's here. And then he can see a future with Rachel. But as he's assessing it, like realizing, oh, shit, like engagement, I'm supposed to ask you in three days. And oh, by the way, there's still another guy here. And maybe, she, you know, like he's thinking about these things. And, you know, nothing would like if think about it, if you're someone who's like, I'm in love with this person. I know I want to spend the rest of my life with them. This engagement. Well, that's why I'm a little unsure. Him checking it like Rachel's response to me would almost feel, make me feel more disconnected, you know, because Rachel could have said, all right, like Rachel's language, the whole conversation. There's a very distinct difference between Rachel's language and Avon's language. Rachel was using I and me language. She kept referring to her feelings. How's this look for me? I and me. That's all. the. Those are the words that came out of Rachel's mouth. And, Ray, and, and Ivan was using us language, me language. He was using like mutual. I want to like he was very much talking about their relationship as a team, you know, and you could he talked about a guy who was trying to make sure that we want I want us to be on the same page. He's literally saying things like that. And Ra all of Rachel's response were about how this looks for her. How is she supposed to feel? She's the bachelorette. 
And it's just like, that is not how you get on the same page. And if I'm Avon, that would make me feel less confident about being like taking this huge leap of faith, right? Like Rachel could have just as easily said, you know, I hear you. I understand. Like she, she has to start empathizing with these guys, just like Clayton didn't empathize with her or ever take a time to put himself in, in, in their shoes. I don't think Rachel spent any time ever thinking about like the, like what this is like for them. And you saw that very much with Avon. And I think that that just almost made a disconnect. The reason why I said, I think it was a performance. I sent you guys that screenshot. She's literally smiling at Avon after they hugged as if like, like to me, that smile was a smile that she was supposed to wait until she got back to her hotel room, knowing that she just had Tino left. And like that, to me, that smile was this like, she's literally smiling. Like she's looking at Avon, smiling at him. He looks distraught. And it was almost like she was just like, let me, let me see this photo. Look at this photo. I did uh, notice that where it felt like a weight was maybe lifted off of her shoulders after. Yeah, mm -hmm. she which broke I totally get. I mean, it's so hard knowing that you're going to have to break up with these people. I have a ton of empathy for Rachel knowing that she has to like, you know, she's got to break up with these guys before she can get to the person she wants to be with. And she's going to have to lead people on. But I think it's really kind of shitty that she's trying to make these guys feel bad. Like it's their fault for like trying to check in or just trying to communicate to the, her about like their insecurities or about the timeline. And you know, ultimately she just wants to be with Tino. I think, I think what really bothered her though, and I, I think even handled himself amazingly. Um, and it was really mature the way he went about it. Um, I, that's not a breakup. Look at that photo. You know, I know she, it's a still she, shot, but yeah, it is. And she, you have, I, I just, she, whenever I see her like on screen, I just feel like she's always, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I can't speak about that photo. Like it just, I'm glad. I mean, listen, I think it's great that you uh, have empathy I, for I, her. I, I do. And I, I just feel like I was, I, I think I have empathy for like the people who are struggling in the show because I struggled mightily with it. And, you know, being, in this new phase of my life where now like I'm single, I'm in therapy. I just feel like I'm like, when you get off this show, like, and he was a couple like phrases, like really threw her off. Like I just got wrapped up in it. She wants somebody to be so certain. Totally. She, she wants somebody to be so certain and to be like that consistent piece. So I think it was two parts. I felt like he said that he tripped up on his words. Like I get it. Like, I don't think he really meant that. Um, and she wants somebody to be so certain about her. And as soon as like he wasn't like, she just like had to back up a little bit and that wall went up. Yeah. It's possible too, but I guess something tells me that after it, it went on well with Tino and Rachel's family. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and by the way, shout out to Rachel. I really like Rachel's dad. I know. Oh, really he like big Tony. Me too. <laughs> me too. Really, really like big Tony. Just a really teddy bear. I, I like his questions. I like how he was very specific. I just really, really solid guy. Yeah. Uh, he just like cut straight to it with daughter. Avon specifically too. Like he was like, you know what? You seem like a great guy. My daughter's happy, but there's going to be another guy sitting in front of me here tomorrow. So what's going to make me remember you? I was like, okay, Tony. Yeah, yeah I, like I, I love that, right? I thought yeah. that, was a, that was a good question. I, like I think she knew what she was doing. And I don't have a problem with that. I just think Avon definitely tripped up on his words. But I, she didn't seem like a person who was interested and finding resolution in that conflict. Right. I, at all. You know? And 
Avon didn't pitch a perfect game, but you could... When you're in conflict with someone that you want to resolve something with, and I know we all like to, like, wait to speak, and I know, like, sometimes when we fight, we want to win a fight, but, like, Avon's energy was so... Like, constructive and mutually... Constructive and welcoming and Mm -hmm. slow and, and, like, very empathetic. And if he made... He tried to create an atmosphere that if the other person on the other end was interested in having some sort of, like, understanding, he made it a very safe space to have that conversation and she just wasn't having it the thing i was so struck by in the conversation was that i don't know if this was in the initial one or in the follow-up like breakup one when there was one point where he sort of like in being expressive raised his voice and rachel was like don't yell at me and just the way he very quickly corrected i thought was really admirable like i think he did an amazing job emotionally regulating and like responding in the moment despite the fact that he's having his own feelings like come rushing to the surface of like always being like, what does my partner need right now? And how can I make sure that I have this overarching like executive functioning to control it? Totally. I mean, let's just keep it real here. I think it's, you know, these guys also know they're being filmed too, right? And and they're being asked to like deal with some real crazy emotions and and their feelings are also being triggered. And to do that in a way, especially as, as men who like need to be mindful of their energy and how if they are getting a frustrated and upset to like make sure they're not, you know, like, yeah, they're, they're mindful of that. And that can be, you know, like you're, there's a lot you're dealing with, with too. And I thought Avon really did a, a good job of that and, and, and own that too. But like, that's such a, yeah, that's why I thought Avon did so well because you could tell he was really struggling. And I, I really commend him for like, listen, I think to me in that conversation with, with Rachel, that's like, I, that's all I ever wanted to see. Like if I, if I had a daughter, right. And she was dating a guy like Avon, that would make me feel very, very good about the fact that she's dating him because like you could tell that he was really trying to connect with her during conflict. He was trying to find common ground, also standing his ground and trying to want to be heard. But like, I thought he was really respectful for uh, of that. And, and yeah, I just, I think uh, I was really impressed by Avon there. Go back and look at, go back and look at Rachel. She's smiling, hugging Avon. And to me, like, I remember that look and that look is relief of finally being done with that breakup and being able to focus on the person you want, which I have no criticism of. But to me, it just showed that like clearly, you know, she knew what she was doing. She knew she wanted to end this relationship. And I wish she wouldn't have made Avon because I think Avon was really confused, you know? And I think she wanted to make him feel like he did something wrong. But at the end of the day, she was always going to break up with him. And that there's a pattern there because she did that with Zach. And we don't know for sure if that's what she did, but it certainly seems... Like, uh, there's a little bit of a pattern there. But maybe maybe you're right, Greg. I don't know. It's a hot take. I mean, I again, like, the way I ended it, it was very easy for people to be like, he wanted a way out. He wanted a way out. I hear you. But in reality, I didn't. And it was a crazy-ass time for me. And I had no idea what I was doing at that time. And looking back on it, I'm like, holy shit. That's, that's <laughs> definitely, it's definitely possible. So it's 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 just hard for me to, like, judge people in that moment. And, I, like, I hear you. Yeah. And we always reserve the right to be wrong with this show because we haven't, we don't know these people. We're just responding to what we see on the show. I do think your situation is different than Rachel's in the sense that, like, if Avon was her guy, she wouldn't have, she wouldn't be smiling after giving him a hug. She's down to the final two. She's got a front runner. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if she, if Avon was her front runner, like she claimed, 
I just don't think she would be smiling about this, especially when a guy's like, I want to spend, he was literally like, I know I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I know I want to do that. I, I do want a little bit more certainty about like how your feelings are for me and, the, and our compatibility. And maybe he wasn't saying all the per- th- perfect things, but he was very clear that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with Rachel. And if you're Rachel and he's your, he's your top person, I just don't believe a world in when she's A, ending that relationship and B, smiling at him, like sending him home. Like, I, I just don't buy that from Rachel. She did say before going before the whole shit went down with her family and even that she envisioned it being him at the end. And I think that was very believable, especially given all of the disruption with Tino's family and the way she felt not accepted by them. So do you believe that there was a point in time where Avon was genuinely the front runner or do you think it's always clearly been Tino? I think that was a lie. I don't I don't believe I don't believe it because if she was like I just and Greg's right like we all handle emotions differently I do think and I but like I I personally for me have a hard time thinking that she would walk away from this you know and again comparing to your situation like to me you remind me more Greg of 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 Zach in this scenario where Zach was this like he noticed a shift right and and some he went from like you know these guys don't get to see these these other connections yeah and and usually the lead can be really locked in, but ever like towards the end, I think it's harder for the lead to to fake, right? And then the unfortunately, the lead is asked to fake these things, and they don't want to be to- they don't want to be accused of being led on because they don't really want to lead anyone on. It's like I've, I've again tons of empathy because like they're they're asked to do an impossible thing, but sometimes you just have to own it, right? Rather than make the other person feel like they're doing something wrong. And in your shoes, like you re- you recognize that with Katie and, you know, granted, you definitely didn't handle it. Yeah, I was going to well say, you Zach. had a little bit of a different delivery. Yeah, like Zach was definitely <laughs> better, was way more gracious than you were. Yeah, like he was. Um, but was. that all being said, like, I guess I see that more comparison, but I, I think it's great that you have empathy for, for Rachel knowing that, like, we don't know, we are not yeah. in their heads. And that's why I also think, like, the age thing is just like I, I don't know I don't think that's ever like a reason like th- a thing to throw on someone because he's definitely mature I think beyond his years for what is he 26 or 25 he's 25. like two months younger Jesus, than Rachel. he like he is so much more mature than me than I was at 25 Jesus I see yeah, him I mean, like he, at the grill with his kids yeah, running around by the pool yeah, like he's that, got that real is, that mature dad ready. energy that guy is ready he is yeah Mr. father family. energy written all over him yeah he's ready for a fam <laughs> yeah Oh, he's either ready or just hasn't like been broken enough. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Something I flagged though with Rachel's conversations this episode, and I mean, it's just like personal preference, and maybe in her way, she was just trying to elicit empathy from her guys, but she kept saying phrases like, How do you think this makes me feel? Or how do you think this makes mm. me look? Or it was it was all these questions. And if if I'm dating someone or on the verge of g- proposing or getting engaged. I would want my partner to just say, I feel blank. This makes me feel this way. It was like the yeah. questions were kind of driving me up a wall a little bit because I was like, just just tell them. Stop with the hypotheticals and the guessing games. Just tell them how you're feeling yeah. and lay it all out on the table. Yeah. And I think that there's I think like that's one of the most important things about being in a relationship, too, is like there's certain beauty behind being able to like give yourself some sort of like humility. Um, and I think that if she or whoever's in the relationship is able to own up to their shit or like, you know, something that they feel, you know, how if they're scared to anything, I feel like, you know, it goes a long way. 
to be that honest with yourself and them. I think part of the reason why I've been critical of Rachel in these situations, because I think I think she gives herself away when she's with Tino. When she's with Tino, she seems more interested and willing to like to to hear him out and empathize with him and have a constructive conversation. I think she feels more safe. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying like. Listen, you're not as into Avon. You're not as into Zach. They never were your guys. That's fine. I understand you have to lead people on as the as the bachelorette. I have no problem with any of that. Oh. I'm just more like when she gets down to breaking up with these guys, she seems to be trying to spin it as their fault. Mm. But what's the theme of this, you know, the whole season for her? It's been a bunch of inconsistency. So when she has that one guy that's giving her the same thing every single day, it's hard to not just feel like your natural self around the guy. Yeah, you know? no, I, I get it. Yeah. And and you know what? It it's it sucks because maybe they needed a little bit more time between her and Avon because I, she definitely, I think, felt a spark between them. And I think that there was just definitely a, you're not you don't I, you don't I, think that's the truth. I could tell you're like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but I, I definitely could be wrong. I mean, I just I'm just, you know, I, I think I think Rachel's pretty easy to read. And I don't, that's not a criticism. I think, I think that's awesome that she loves Tino so much. And if, if, if she is still with Tino, like good for them, because like, if I'm Tino, I'm going to go to, I'm going to want to see how much more of a connection I had with her than the other guys. And it's an impossible task again, to be the bachelorette. I just, I just don't love for Rachel. And it's been a theme this whole season. If she stopped caring a little bit less about how she's coming across as the bachelorette, I think she would be such a better bachelorette, you know? And I think if she just really focused on trying to put herself in, in their shoes as much as she wants these guys to put themselves in her shoes, she would be a better bachelorette. And I think Gabby is that is so much better at that than Rachel. She doesn't do it in the moment. Like, Gabby seems to... My, like, you know, this episode cut off with her being like, hey, you said you wanted to date me. I, I'm, I'd be willing to bet that next when we open next, next week, you'll hear, you'll have Gabby like saying something about understanding where Eric's coming from. I I think that um, touching base on like the, a new era of the show, I think, you know, when you got, when you were the bachelor and like you had, I don't know who was the bachelorettes before you, like Andy and all that. Mm -hmm. I think nowadays it's, it's, it's hard to find somebody that's really certain about themselves and really feels comfortable because, you know, social media nowadays is such a bitch and it, it takes such a mental toll. And unless that you have somebody like right after that season and that's completely okay with themselves, I think you're just throwing a bunch of fragile people as yeah. the lead. And I think it's really like, I am so grateful that like, you know, the bachelor didn't happen. The bachelor in paradise didn't happen for me because I, I feel like I'm in such a different place than I was a year ago today. And I just, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, like I just feel for the people that like have to go from one season to the next. It just, it just, yeah. No, it's a total grind. I, yeah. I I think that's perfect that you said that, and it's it's there's a lot of truth to it. Yeah, you know, I asked when when I interviewed Nate, I asked him if 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 Michelle was like reading Reddit and comments and things like that, and no, because it sounded like maybe she was, right. and I and she wouldn't be the only one. We've all had those moments. Yeah, but of it, course. If you do that, it like for this, especially for people trying to maintain relationships or have relationships, it's hard not to then have that play a role in your relationship or dictate your choices and things like that. And Rachel and Gabby, you know, they went through what they went through with Clayton. I'm sure they've been on social media. I'm sure I'm sure they've listened to podcasts or read their, you know, press clippings. And that that plays a role. And I do think you would have 
if Gabby and Rachel were to like, you know how on Love Island, like mo- your, mo- these contestants are like filming t- every day and like they're filming while the show's being discussed. They don't get the benefit of like seeing what people are saying about them. Oh, they wow. get more yeah. authentic reactions. And I think, yeah, I think it affects these people's choices. And I think with Rachel, you you are seeing, you saw that a little bit with Katie on her season at AFR. And I mean, it seemed like Katie was like, mm-hmm responding to reddit rather than responding to like what she felt and again like she you know it's really easy to do it's really easy to fall victim of that a lot of people have and and unfortunately i think i think you're seeing that with rachel and again i I, like it's uh i don't think rachel's doing anything that any of us haven't done before in terms of you know again having a moment where you realize that maybe I didn't handle it the best way or I was thinking a little bit too much about my needs and not the person in front of uh, in front of me. I mean, we've all done that, but I I definitely think Rachel is doing that a little bit. You know, I'm sure she's going to look back on this and, you know, want. I I think that we could all do better in you know different ways. But I just feel like, you know, nowadays, you know, especially like Reddit, every one of us, you know, has fell victim to it at some point. Um, I just think everyone needs therapy after they leave the show. Personally, everyone, everyone needs to get on that <laughs> i wish uh i wish the show would do more of a crash course and how to like honestly i think the show should hire like alumni mm-hmm. and and do like a two-day like this is what life has gone this is how your life's going to change well Nick, yeah. i was gonna say because you the way you talk about reddit is like the gym teacher and mean girls talking about stds you're like don't read reddit standing up don't read like you will die <laughs> and it's like i think it's so like it feels like maybe there's these like pitfalls that all the alumni are so yeah. susceptible to and just like are, fall into. Yeah, you go sure. down a, a a bad path sometimes. It only takes one. Well, what yeah. happens is like you'll get you'll get they'll hook you with a compliment. Exactly, like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know what? Say something nice about you. And then yeah, the first send one's it always free. <laughs> exactly. You're like, well, this can't be so bad. I'll click on it, and then all of a sudden, then you you get hit with some sort of like criticism and then a rabbit hole and you're just looking for one more like i'm not so bad maybe someone else will say i'm not so bad then you'll just keep going you'll just keep going exactly going and you gotta stay level-headed that's why it it is therapy and self-love is the most important thing because jesus once you find that one compliment and then you're just searching for that for weeks (laughs) i was gonna ask because i think greg like you use the word consistency in terms of talking about what might have created conditions where rachel could have reconnected to that like love she was feeling towards Avon. And so my question, yeah. I think this applies to both Gabby and Rachel, is the way that they both view an engagement as the only indicator of consistency, like an engagement mm-hmm. as being the the surefire way to know that this person isn't going to change their mind when they get out into the world. What do you guys make of that? Like, do you think yeah. not getting engaged on the show is them trying to leave that door open of maybe we won't vibe in the same way? Like, how did you guys? So I feel like... um Mm, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I I think for them, I think it's hard for them to start hearing these words if the midst of the whole season, they have been hearing the opposite of saying like, you know, at the end of this, I do see it, uh, me getting down one knee or I, I do see this ending in an engagement. And to just hear just like a little bit of doubt towards, you know, that last final days. And I understand what it's like to get cold feet. But, you know, that that person, everyone wants to feel like, you know, they're chosen in that sense. And every, if, if you're going to end an engagement, like you want it to be 100% certainty. Um, so I think that they're just looking for, you know, consistent reactions from both these men. And I think that, like that's where it plays in. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily have to end an engagement. I mean, 
I feel like if their top person has been saying throughout it, and maybe they wouldn't be to the top, you know, who they're most attracted to physically and emotionally, if they came right off from the bat and said, listen, I don't know about an engagement. I don't know if half, if any of these people would last this long, but I feel like if you're saying that right from the start, I don't know. Yeah. Well, they don't usually though. Like, right. Right. They, yeah. Like how they make the show. They're very, like, I remember a couple weeks in, I had gotten the first impression rose from Andy. I got an early date. I was very into Andy, oh, like yeah. <laughs> to the point where I was just like, like terrified how much I was into her knowing how like skeptical I was of the process. But even after having the first one-on-one day, oh, not the first one-on-one day, but the third one-on-one day, early, very early, we were still at the mansion, mm-hmm. which, I mean, you didn't have that experience in I New did Mexico. Not. New Mexico. <laughs> when you're still at the mansion, it's still pretty early in the process. It was like two weeks in. And I remember having a conversation with the producer being like, I am so into her. Like, wow, I'm like surprised how into her I am. I don't know if I'm going to like be ready for an engagement. And I remember them saying, don't worry about that right now. Mm-hmm. You know? So don't worry about that. Like things change fast. And they were, it's true. I mean, like, that, but at the same time, like there is a time and a place and they know that time and a place to like start applying more, not necessarily direct pressure because no producers ever pressured me into getting an engagement, but they, like, they know when to like start having these conversations. Right. And so they're not having them that early on because it is even more insane to start expecting you to get engaged with someone like you had just met or had a crush on. But like fast forward two weeks, which feels like then like two or three months of in this bubble. Absolutely. And those conversations start happening a little bit more and more. And then you just start going down this path. And so I don't think those conversations are ever like really going on. But I just think, you know, this world is a leap of faith and and everyone's trying to pull for like pull on like anything they can hold on to for hope or like for have confidence so that people are looking for reasons to take a leap of faith in this world. Yeah. Like all these guys, but they still had like, but nothing will make you more self-conscious about taking a leap of faith to not be able to talk through any questions that you have. And it's, it's fine to want an engagement and it's fine to feel that pressure. But like, I think it is okay for some of these guys or anyone, regardless of the season, for them to check in and say, I don't know if I'm ready yet, or I don't even know if I'm ready. Let's talk about it. Let's talk through it. And I'm going to feel a lot better if we can talk through it. I mean, it reminded me of a conversation with that I had with Vanessa. It was our last date, right? Like, I knew I was going to ask her. I knew I was going to propose. And Vanessa Vanessa was on the other end of being like, I don't know. Like, I really like you, but like engagement, like, fuck, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And she was living in Montreal and I was living in L.A. And I said to her, listen, like, I know how I feel about you. I'm confident how you feel about me. I hope I'm right about that. We could definitely not get engaged and we could date and we could figure it out. And I feel like that's the pragmatic thing to do. But. And I was being serious. I was just like, you live in Montreal. Mm -hmm. I live in LA. And if we're being real, I think that us taking this huge leap of faith, like I think it'd be easy for us to just say we're going to date and you live on the other side of the country and I live on one. And I think like, I think we might not make it if we don't really like try to like, I almost was basically saying, I think we want to take this leap of faith because I think there's something really here between us. And I don't want to lose that by like, just like just dating and living on the other side of the country. Now that was me obviously trying to justify it and convince myself too. But like, I was just trying to talk through it with her. I I, like, I recognized, I I made her feel like it was okay to feel the way she did. 
You know, I try to validate her feelings, but I'm like, yeah, like totally, I totally get where you're coming from. It's crazy. But let's just consider another alternative. And that alternative was, let's just take a leap of faith. Let's just try it out. Let's live in the same city. Let's do the work and see if it can happen. She also had the right to disagree with me in that. But like, it was just, just having that conversation of saying, this worries me. And then having the other person say, I get that. That that's a valid feeling to have. Right. Like that's not what's going on with these conversations about engagement. It's just like, hey, you know what show you're on. How can you say that? How can you not be ready? Like, I just think it's a little nutty to question these guys that they even have questions. Like that's what's going on, right? They're they're questioning the guys for having questions. Right. And I, I just don't think that's cultivating a very healthy environment to get someone to say, you know what? This is a risk, but I feel good about this because if nothing else, I know we can work through issues. I mean, these people bear, know nothing about each other. So that's one thing they have to try to figure out. Who can I talk with through issues and these issues uh, if we have them? That's what I appreciate about Paradise because, you know, you go on this on this beach and then if the connection's not there, the connection's not there. And then there's no harm in continuing that relationship outside the show. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a lot it's a lot different, but like yeah, and even on Paradise, you have more chance to like have these dialogues and like talk through or work through these th- these issues. And in fairness to all these, like whether it's Rachel or the guys, obviously, like you know these 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 conversations are are set up and structured in a way that it, it doesn't give a lot of space for for working through issues. You know, time is limited, but yeah, I guess even 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 Gabby, I wish. I suspect that Gabby next episode will empathize more and like, see, you know, put herself in Eric's shoes and come to a common ground because that we've seen that pattern with Gabby that like she she may react right away, but she's very quick to then reassess, empathize and then find common ground. I suspect to see more of the same. We haven't unfortunately seen that as much from Rachel in terms of like, yeah, okay, fine, we react because sometimes like these are very emotional like settings. Right. So it's very quick to just react with your feelings. But we just haven't seen Rachel do it. Like the only person I felt like she's really been empathizing with is Tino. And I think that speaks to like how much she cares about that relationship because like these other guys, I think she's just trying to survive these relationships to get to the end with Tino, which is, trust me, a feeling I very much empathize with. I just have to beat an old drama feels like she's not able to get over hurdles with the Zach and the Avon relationships, such as, you know, Zach bringing up concerns. Suddenly it's like, no, this relationship is done. Or Avon, you know, misspeaking or maybe giving a different uh, point of view to her friends than he did to her. Suddenly, like, that's done, too. But then when it came to Tino's family not liking her, that's like a surmountable hurdle suddenly it's like okay well we'll be fine we'll push through love prevails that's what i'm saying like what's what's more likely greg or i'll ask everyone that rachel is somehow capable of having these types of conversations with 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 uh zach and avon just for like no other reason that she just like she's beside herself she's not on the same page she's in an emotional like world that is the bachelor and the world's getting to her she's incapable of doing with them but capable of doing with tino or is she just, she cares about a relationship with Tino. That's the person she wants to be with. And when it comes to Zach and, and, and Avon, as soon as she like basically sees a weakness, she's jumped on that weakness to make it their fault in the breakup. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, what's more believable? Because she, we're seeing it. We're seeing it with Tino. 
Right. And yeah, she's obviously communicating differently with Tino. Um, and I, I do think it's going to be Tino and her in the end um, getting engaged. I truly just don't think it was it was there with Zach after just like watching that episode and just her just like immediately moving on. I just thought that was clear. And I wish there was like more of like a clean, like understanding of each other. I felt like they there's I'm gonna be interested to see like them talk um, at AFR. But well, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't figured out, we're, we're recording this before the live of AFR. I don't, uh, I don't even know if we're going to wait. Like, basically, just so you know, if I suspect that Avon and Tino are going to come out and then no, nothing's really going to be said, is my guess. You don't think so? Hmm? Well, I'll tell you this much. If uh, we're going to, we're planning on dropping this episode without any commentary about AFR. Emergency. We're going to do a, an emergency <laughs> pickup and this episode will drop slightly later than normal. Gotcha. But. Yeah, I, my guess is Avon and, and Zach will come out and, you know, Jesse will bo- ask them both if they miss her or something like that. And I think they'll give some sort of platitude answer like they've moved on. It wouldn't shock me. Like there's no, there doesn't seem to be a clear Bachelor front runner at this point. If you were ever going to have two Bachelors, I think this is the season you do it. I think having two leads isn't ideal in a lot of ways for the show. If you're going to do it, do it right after there's, you just had two f- women, right? So there's going to be an interest from the audience. Even if they were frustrated with the two leads, you're going to have an entire audience who's just going on to see if men are pitted against each other and how that plays out. You don't have incredibly like strong front runner, right? So like, how about you just make it Zach and Avon? You know, I could see that happening. They're just so similar. Like, and I totally get where in terms of like, it's similar that Gabby and Rachel were both in this insane situation, like Elizabeth Wagmeister said, where it wouldn't have made sense to have only one of them be Bachelorette after what they were put through. And so I get that in that way. Like, it makes sense to have Zach and Avon because they were in a very similar boat. But I think as people, I don't think there's enough contrast to watch a season of both of them as Bachelors because they're both such. I, I agree with you. I think it would be if they do it, it's going to it's like, again, with Rachel and Gabby, it was because of this compelling storyline. And it was because of how much we are both rooting for for both of them. I don't think that's quite the same with Avon and Zach. But if you're going to do it, now's the time to do it. Right. I guess is my point. So they're just like we have no clear. I'm thinking we have no clear front runner. We have two likable guys. That like we're kind of again we're ended up kind of very Rachel had has done similar different but similar things to Zach and Avon, which is ultimately what I'm saying is not doing a very good job of like empathizing with their story and just making it all about her story. Obviously, Clayton's was a little bit more specific. Obviously, when you include the whole sex and the I love yous and things like that. But at the end of the day, I think she's going about it the same way. It wouldn't shock me. I don't know. So I guess what I'm saying with the live is like. I think they're going to ask him if they miss him and they'll say like, oh, I wish you nothing but the best, but like I'm ready to move on and, and find love with my person. I wouldn't be shocked if you get like some taglines from both of those guys mm-hmm. on the live <laughs> uh, setting them themselves to be announced as the co-bachelorette next week. Right. Uh, I'm basing this nothing off of, uh, this is a total guess, so who uh, who knows? But I think I think Nate's window has, I, you know, it could be Nate, I guess, but he had that little scandal. I don't, which I don't think should stop him from being the Bachelor. But I can see a picture being uh, maybe Zach and Avon, and I suspect that Rachel. Like, I hope Rachel comes out and acknowledges a little bit of "I'm sorry," right? Somehow, I, I hope she doesn't double down. Um, we'll see. I don't think it's going to be controversial, but I think um, like if if Avon comes it, out and, and, and it's not going to be. I don't. I think if anything it would be Zach and 
Zach and her. Um, I just feel like there was like a lot unsaid during that uh, breakup. With live TV, I just don't think it's like you get 90 seconds. And so even how it's set up, the, you're, they're going to be forced to speak in kind of platitudes. Yeah. Like what would Zach need to say for it to be? I don't know. I just felt, I feel like her and Avon ended on good terms. Um, I didn't like I mean, she was smiling. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I didn't get that same feeling like in the beginning of the episode, like, you know, they're like departing. I'm like, Ooh, well, I, I mean, I, the last thing we heard about Rachel and Zach was her questioning his character. Right. Exactly. So like that, that's what I'm saying. You know, she, but I don't think Zach is going to come out guns a blazing on Rachel. I don't think so either. I don't um, think so either. I think that he's going to come out, try to be as understanding as possible. Um, I, I don't know. Right. Also, you have to keep in mind, too, that like when, when, when Zach was going through that, he had no idea what was going on between Tino oh, yeah. or any of these other guys. And if I'm Zach, I'm just watching it and being like, oh, yeah, you didn't like me as much. Like That's what I'm thinking of Zach. I wouldn't be shocked if Zach... I think the buzziest thing that we might get out of this live is Zach accusing Rachel of leading him on. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I could see some sort of that happening. But if they want Zach to be the next Bachelor at all, I think they have to walk a very fine line. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cuz it's very different when I when a, when a, especially with this audience like you know accusing uh, like the you know, the women on the season accusing a guy of leading a on and comes across very differently when it's the other way around. Like it I think it really needs to be cut and dry and I don't think it like as much as it's cut and dry for me it's not for Greg and I think it needs to be very cut and dry to have a guy you want to be the next bachelor accusing your former your current bachelorette of leading him on. I think he might be a little softer with the accusation. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. You, I, uh, yeah. I don't know that we've also <laughs> seen Zach at all, Matt. Like, he's just felt very, like, polished and yeah. in love the whole show. Like, very much yeah. like, I'm sweet and we're watching he's, the flights with uh, where our dads are. Like, he's just been Mr. Wholesome the whole time. So it's also like, I have no idea what we would him, get yeah. if we got, like, him upset or frazzled or, like, in the heat of emotion. Yeah. Did we have any Bachelor tea? We didn't really cover any Bachelor tea. Let's hear the Bachelor tea. What's going on? I want to know. I, 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 met J I met Jason in New York and bumped into him. Oh. Like you ran into him? Jason who? From this season. Impressions? Oh, I thought you meant like, um, Kate, yeah. I was like, you haven't met um, Caitlyn's Jason? I was like, I was really impressed by one, The one that's like actually worth discussing will actually tie in well at this time of the episode. Well, it's interesting because we're trying to predict like what's coming next and what we're going to see. And Jesse Palmer actually spoke with Daily Pop recently and talked through exactly why there was a two-night live finale, which was, you know, a first. Um, and he said, quote, the big reason is because so much happened with both Rachel and Gabby on those last days in Mexico. And so much has happened since that time as well. So we thought it was best to pause, bring both Gabby and Rachel live to set with their men to address a lot of controversy that's about to unfold. And I know Nick's oh, already so mentioned, Nick's already mentioned that he's heard from someone that like, after what Rachel did at the end, people have been dissecting teasers and what we have left. And there's been footage of Rachel outside of a house. And so people are wondering if we're going to get some more footage similar to what we got, you know, with Becca and other people who got, who ended their relationship after filming ended, but they film it all again. So it's like, what is this controversy? I think that's more next week. That Jesse's talking about. I think that's more about. next week. I think that's more next week. Oh, you got to save that for the finale. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's more next week, I think. I mean, if, yeah. Well, it, 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 you know, if she ended up with Tino and they break up, that's not going to be uncovered until next week. Uh, Sounds like it's that. Uh, well, Tino's, I mean, they only, well, shockingly, they, only, they both only have 
one guy left going into next week. So yeah. my guess is the next, the, I mean, the, literally the, the next thing to do is to get to like, there's this is how I think is going to play out. You know, we'll cut to like this fight between, not even a fight, this situation between Gabby and Eric. And I'm almost certain Gabby's going to come out and empathize with Eric and they're going to be fine. And then you have this Tino and, and Rachel, they'll both propose season will end. And then like AFR will all be about where are they now? And if I, I don't remember seeing this clip, but if there, if there's this clip of like Rachel, like leaving someone's house, mm-hmm. like that, I guess that, that implies that maybe there's a breakup or something, mm. you know, it implies yeah. something happened. And Why that, else that would could you be, film after you're that done? Could be real juicy. Do you think, Oh God, I wonder if I got, I wonder if we're going to get Tino. Oh, wow. I guess nobody's even thinking that either. <laughs> Know what, know what I wanted to see? And I thought it would have been really, uh, I mean, I think, you know, maybe I'm totally wrong here. I don't think viewers want to see this shit. Um, but Eric and Gabby, I feel like have such a strong connection. And I would have just been like, I don't know if like the producers have a say in this or not, but I don't know. I think in order to, I think it would be really sweet if the show at one moment, like when I propose to whoever I'm going to marry, I don't want the person to expect it. Say like one night Gabby like knocks on his door and like they're sitting on a couch and she's thinking like they're just, you know, going to have like a talk. He like proposes to her on the couch. Wouldn't that be sweet? Or is it just me? No, I think that would be so lovely. Nick Nick wants a like spontaneous normal proposal too. Nick wants to do it. Can't wait for this headline. Great grip bro wants to propose while sitting on a couch. Honestly, (laughs) honestly, I kind of like, I kind of do. I I, kind of do. I kind of want it to be like a night we're eating Chinese food. And you know what? It's like one of those just like it's a regular Tuesday night. You know, it's not being filmed. Rick, just say you don't want to put in the effort. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not about that at all. It's not about that. I'm like, just teasing you. I, uh, I actually, I, I hear you. I think there's something beautiful about like just like a real like real life moment. In I, a way, like know. maybe but it's I, like I, even I, means more. Yeah, that's cute. I, I agree. But some people definitely want it to be like, you know showy I, I get it i i think maybe i'm just not that guy uh, i suspect the the show will want to have it be on the platform <laughs> michelle the, the platform of love no you know they always have that platform wherever they are it's like this wooden platform and there's the the rose the there rows, <laughs> yeah yeah i get it you know and they i get it the, so yeah that's what i suspect uh will will happen and yeah i think next week will be buzzy i don't think avon and, and zach are gonna say anything to I think this. I think to not. I think the live be all about setting up Zach and Avon to potentially be announced as their next bachelors next week. Is my guess. I, I, kinda, I think. In, I think in truth, that's what it's all going to be about. I heard that um, your your take. What if it's that? That would be a wild thing if it was Tino, the most upset person. Yeah. 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 I mean, if they're broken up, if Tino and Rachel are broken up, I mean, that's who I I want to talk to. We think Tino would Tino ever become the bachelor. No. no. I mean, listen, like, whoever we get on the show is going to, like, it, if it's Tino, I mean, if it's Avon, I got questions. If it's Zach, I got questions. Even if it's Jason, I got I got questions. I mean, I didn't, like, I spoke with Jason briefly. Really impressive guy. I really like, I mean, also super handsome, in per- way better looking in person. Interesting. That, like, it's hot. Hot. There are like, certain people when they're on a screen, they're just, I felt the same way about Blake Moynes. Meeting him in person, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Hello. Blake's also changed his look though. He he looks better with uh, his hair like buzzed, uh, and he has and he has like a nice tan. He 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 glue up. Yeah, after, glue up. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he glue up. He glue up. <laughs> um, All glown up. 
yeah, I think there's a lot of potentially interesting questions, but I guess if I had my pick of the litter, I mean, certainly, I guess, Tino, if, if him and Rachel aren't together anymore. I think it would be the most out of the guys. I think it's the most compelling one if if that something like that goes down. I feel like Tino, is, depends on what Tino has to say, though. Where did it all go wrong? Do you think it'll be because of the parents? Well, his dad's just blowing up Facebook, so that'll be an interesting. Oh my God! That's his, da- his, his dad's. What do you mean? His dad like posts like weekly updates about the episodes on Facebook. <laughs> this is an excited parent. Yeah, it's an excited parent. People are shitting on me because my mom was like, my mom put up her first post night one. She's like, "Get your popcorn ready, everyone." I was like, "Holy shit, you can't oh. say this." <laughs> <laughs> that's what's so scary about the show is not just the way like Reddit could like tear you apart, but like your family like scrutinizing all of their actions. That sounds like oh, really God, brutal. God, without a doubt. She no. was just accepting everyone blindly left and right. Oh, on Facebook, oh, no, just, like, no. no, no. She thought that they were like work connects or people. I'm like, are you? <laughs> Protect Greg's mom at all costs. How's your mom's <laughs> mental health these days? Good. You know, I, yeah. Yeah. After the show, my whole family, we needed a whole break, a whole break. Just reality TV. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad she's doing okay. Yeah, she's doing great. Uh, have we covered everything? Yeah. Any final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts is I hope that Avon and 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 Zach don't say anything that important that we have to do a pickup uh, on Tuesday night. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens. And I'm glad we have Greg here, being Team Rachel, being empathetic. You know. You're a sweet man. I see both sides. I see both sides. You know, I mean, I think it's fine. I think she's still probably a wonderful person mm-hmm. and has a great heart. I just think she faked it with Avon and Zach and she tried to make them feel bad about it. She tried to cover up her leading them on by making it seem by highlighting any mistake they did mm-hmm. is my my big takeaway. I hear you. And maybe that'll be a popular opinion. Well, I guess we'll see. I suspect it'll be split. Mm-hmm. I suspect it'll be I agree. split. I agree. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure not everyone will agree with me. Well, Greg, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure. It's nice seeing you. I'm glad to hear seeing you're doing okay. But uh, make sure you tune in to our intro next uh, Monday for a recap to hear about Greg's personal life briefly in his heart and paradise. Tune in. So, That'll be it for us today. Uh, remember that Going Deeper is on Thursday again. Camille Kostek is with us, uh, Sports Illustrated model, girlfriend of Rob Gonkrowski, also actor, very talented, also a friend. Uh, excited to have Camille with us. Uh, we'll talk all about New York Fashion Week. What pop culture topics also do we have going on? I think we got to hit the Royals a little bit. And then also, I think especially appropriate to talk about, there's some rumors about a bit of tension between Giselle and Tom. And mm-hmm. I think uh, Camille oh. could absolutely oh. provide some perspective. Maybe she has on... some insight. I mean, she's dating Rob. Will Rob come back sure. also uh, towards the end of the season? But I'm sure we'll also get into the, uh, Camille and I have both been you know, experiencing fashion week. So we'll talk about a little fashion. Tell us <laughs> What's going to those on of us who are not there. But that'll be a great episode, obviously, texting office hours. So be sure to join us on Thursday. And again, next week, uh, we'll be bringing you the finale, uh, as well as uh, hopefully the most upset person. Can't guarantee you the most upset person, but we always strive to get someone real bitter uh, (laughs) on the show. Hey, that Susie interview was great, though, and she wasn't even mad. That was an excellent interview. That's true. Susie did deliver. Not everyone can be a... A Susie, though. We'll see. I only hope that whoever comes, they're willing to be as vulnerable as uh, and as honest as Nate was. Which, by the way, if you haven't listened to it, go fucking listen to it. It's good. Greg, where can the people find you? Promote yourself? 
Um, it'll be my name on Instagram. That's Greg Rippo. I do have a TikTok now. Um, I do believe I make funny TikToks. You do. Yep. Thank <laughs> you very much, Nick. You do. I appreciate um, that. You and Andrew are uh, quite entertaining. You have a good... Yeah, that's my guy. There have been many times where Nally and I have been on the couch and thought and said out loud, audibly. Team These Andrew guys are pretty funny. and Justin on Paradise, everyone. Oh, yeah. and Michael A. And Michael A. Did he, oh shit, was he announced? <laughs> I just yeah, it? No, no, he, he was, was, he was in all the okay. like, they're commercials. All, announced. all right, so they're all announced. But yeah, yeah. he spoiled himself. I, I think you're... <laughs> yeah. That's so true. I think you're fine. Also, Gabby's on Dancing with the Stars. Congratulations Yay! to Gabby. Yay! Okay. Excited to see those, see those moves <laughs> on the dance floor. I suspect she'll do well. She's a yeah. trained dancer. I would hope so. I'm sure she'll do great. All right. Well, hopefully uh, we didn't miss anything too big on the live. Please forgive us. We'll pick it. We'll, we'll discuss it next week if it's that important. If, unless it's groundbreaking, this is the episode you got because I will be in Chicago promoting my book. Oh, by the way, I have a book. Oh, so pre-order now. Don't text your ex. Happy birthday. Greg says it's amazing. I did. Yeah. Great read. Uh, taught him everything he need, ever needs to know about love, life, and this is true. Fuck boys. <laughs> how to how to stay away from fuck boys. Did you read that chapter? I actually didn't. I need to review uh, that one. Anyways, you can pre-order now. You uh, see you tomorrow or see you Thursday, whatever day this is for you. Probably tomorrow. It's crazy. Bye. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.